This episode of World One Stage One is brought to you by GoDaddy. If you've got an idea for a website, you probably want a .com domain, and GoDaddy want to help you. Right now, GoDaddy are offering .com domains for £1.29. All you've got to do is visit GoDaddy.com and enter the promo code WORLD129 to get your .com for £1.29. It's go time. Start your website today. Some limitations apply. See website for details. With time pressing, even without an audience, uh, I think we should probably get started. Oh, damn it, we don't have a bumper. Because I wasn't recording when Jenna said she was covered in baby vomit. Oh, wow, that's 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 delightful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I had I often have days. Sometimes they have nights. Usually alternating between the two. Not all the time though. Worryingly no. No. Damn fugue state. Ah good, we're setting the tone. Kirby has arrived to baby vomit. <laughs> Yay. So you hate that when you just turn up in a room and just suddenly baby vomit. And there's our bumper. Hooray! Wait, no, it's the movie one. Don't give it away. Give it away, give it away now. No one knows Uh, that yet. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's a secret to everyone. Okay, people listening to the radio, pretend you didn't hear that. Hello, and welcome to World 1 Stage 1. Sorry, sorry. Legitimately sorry. I'm being talked over. Not by me. I'm also Simon. And joining me, as ever, talking over me, is Jack. I'm not talking over you, I'm talking near you. But I am Jack, that is true. And we are also joined, as ever, by Irish. Hello. We are back again. We are indeed. As you may have noticed, we haven't been for a little while. This is a number of reasons, really. Uh, Busyness has been a factor. Summer does that to people. Busyness, summer in general, family life. Yep. Though some of you who pay attention to social media may have noticed that there's been a little bit of a theme recently, specifically thematically, to the video game concept, continue, yes, no, which worried a few people. Which is nice. A few. It, it is nice that they were worried. I like that. That's It's kind yeah. of reassuring and flattering. So thank you to those people. It's probably, it's probably not nice that we were being such dicks to them, I guess. It was, it, interesting to see, it was interesting to see a bunch of names I didn't recognise. So And a bunch I did, actually. So it was a nice mixture. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, but yes, our instant response to this was to go, oh, hey, they care, let's fuck with them. Because um, <laughs> we're lovely. Uh, but not, it, until you, not, not until you learn your lesson that we're terrible douchebags. <laughs> Just call us the magic man of Simply Syndicated. <laughs> I'm the magic man. And finally, now that Jack started watching Adventure Time, we can make those references. Yes, yes you can. Which is it's good, because right. I have many Adventure Time points. references. <laughs> uh, but yes, we uh, did have a, <laughs> we had a bit of a team meeting last week. Uh, serious talk. 
because we've been running into some walls with the the format of the show, and this is what we were talking about. It hurts. Uh, Yeah, running into walls does hurt. It's probably another reason um, why we've been off air for a little bit. Basically, since we started, we've been a show about gaming in one form or another. When we first started, uh, there was a lot going for us in terms of I lived quite close to my co-hosts, we could get together, we could literally play the games we were going to talk about, because they tended to be very simple games, uh, at least enough to get us a general sense of the game, and we all had more time, uh, students or unemployed, uh, lots of time to do research and prepare shows, a lot of things have the changed. Though. Days. Yes, we're running into the problem that uh, we're talking about bigger and bigger games, largely because... An odd age spread has made the retro game concept difficult, and we don't have the time to play the games before we talk about them. We now have the money to play a lot of games, but we don't have the time. Such is always the way. It is the eternal curse. It is the curse of the Steam library. (laughs) (laughs) Full of games that you never play. Yeah. Uh, So it's caused problems with the format uh, that we've been, as you may have noticed, doing unrehearsed and unresearched shows. uh, And it's it's still fun, but it's not quite what some of us wanted it to be. It was, you know, World War Stage 1 quirkiness still, but not the well-roundedness that we were used to. Exactly. I mean, we were always chronically underprepared, let's be honest. That was kind of a... A kind of a theme of the show, but we used to have some sense of what we were going to do week to week. Indeed. So we've settled on a a bit of a format change. Uh, You may have had a tiny sneak preview of that if you're listening live. Um, Basically, we're going to keep the World One Stage One name. This is our brand, it is our umbrella, it is our persona. That is who we are. That is, yeah, absolutely. World One Stage One is is us. It's, It's the people you're hearing, not the content you're hearing. Uh, this is what we decided. Yes. In line with something that Richard Smith, the owner-operator of Simply Syndicated, our wonderful host network, has been saying recently, Pray- shows... Praise be unto him. Absolutely. <laughs> Blessed is the name of Richard Smith. Uh, these shows are about people and about chemistry and not about necessarily the format or the content. And we realized we have all sorts of nerdy, geeky interests that we can chat about for as long as we want, really. And... Seeing as we now live in disparate parts of the country, this is actually an opportunity for us to chat about things that we like and catch up, and the fact that we can turn it into a show is an awesome bonus. So we're going to sort of take the reins off a little bit about what we talk about. Basically, the, the, the restraints are off, the, the, the armor is loose, the, the, the Ava has been set free. <laughs> nice. That's, yes. Uh, Animu indeed will be one of the topics. Uh, so we, we basically want to become kind of a collection of shows coming up with fun subtitles for different things we talk about. And we're going to sort of recruit you guys into this. Yes. Uh, we, we need we, names. We do. You, the we, people. We've come up with a few. Like, for example, tonight, I'm not going to mention what film we're going to talk about. Let's save that for a reveal. But it is going to be a film. And we're going to be bringing you the first World 1 Stage 1 Adventures of Alan Smithy episode. I hope you all like that reference. That was one of mine. It was. <laughs> and, um, and we're probably going to talk about anime. We're probably going to talk about TV, comics, books, fandom, stuff in general. 
tabletops. Tabletop games as well are now on the cards. And we need sort of subtitles for all of these things. So, hey, you know where to reach us, at W1S1 on Twitter. we're still World 1 Stage 1. We are indeed. Uh, mail at world1stage1.com or indeed on our Tumblr, world1stage1.tumblr.com. You can get in touch with us or the Facebook page. Are you forgetting you've got a Facebook page? Yes. Yeah, Facebook page. Facebook page. World 1 Stage 1 on Facebook. So get in touch. Give us fun ideas for things Simon, to talk we about. Ha- and Simon, things do we have email it. addresses? Uh, we do. Uh, mail at world1stage1.com. We'll reach us all. Fantastic. <laughs> is the general idea. But also, I am Simon at World 1 Stage 1. Jack is Jack right. at World 1 Stage 1. And Irish can't check his World 1 Stage 1 mail because I still haven't sorted out his password. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> Yay! So don't bother emailing him. Or do, uh, and then it'll be a lovely surprise for him when he finally is able to check his mail. <laughs> and he comes back after three years to check his mail and finds both emails. But but don't send him anything timely, because uh, <laughs> it's been a while. I can't guarantee it will change anytime soon. <laughs> I think that covers it, doesn't it, guys? That that pretty much sums up the the the, the thing going forward. Also, get in touch with us if, if you think it's a good idea. Get in touch with us if you, get in touch with us if you think it's a bad idea. You won't change our minds, but do get in touch. You might change my mind. I'm 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 very you know prone to suggestion. That is true. I have the weak weak mind of a chimp. The Jedi mind trick does work on you. It's true. I am pathetic. So, uh, how about the apples? We want to cover before we get into the topic. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to say that my wife was really quite strong today, considering what happened with the baby and everything. She dealt mm-hmm. with that very well. I was stuck at work. Uh, that was cool. Uh, this Friday is actually my 10 year anniversary Ooh. being with her. So that will be interesting. Uh, I like you saying that will be interesting as if you've no idea what's going to happen. And it's all I a don't. Mystery. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, normally you think people will be, you know, oh, it's your anniversary. You'll, you'll do something nice for your anniversary. We don't know what we're doing. So, killing's pretty oh, interesting. I, killing so, spree, yes. <laughs> killing spree. Okay. So, yeah, um, any listener mail? Any messages? Any asks? None that I've seen. Uh, None I don't I've know seen. about the Tumblr. Uh, not on the Tumblr, no. Oh, we're off to a great start. See, yeah, Plus, they'll like, all say they want us to continue, but they won't send us any messages. Yeah, I mean, we're they just, don't really know, love us. It's a fresh start, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Just trying to find a message that Mike sent me. In a sense, it's a new phase. <gasps> oh, wow. It's like, yeah. Uh, I I could make a reference or segue better than that. Oh, oh before before that, before before that, sorry, I do have a question on the Facebook page. Aha, aha. This was sent back in July. Okay. <laughs> Timely from, as ever. From Mr. Carson. Uh, saying, I'm worried. I just bought I just uh, bought season two of The Walking Dead on Steam and pre-ordered The Last of Us for the PS4 uh, remastered edition. Question: Have you ever done or experienced something in a game that taught or revealed to you something about yourself? Think deep, bitches. So, have you ever played a game that affected you, that made you realize something about yourself that you didn't realize beforehand? Uh. I can. I can. Uh, I've 
I've always thought when it comes to moral choices that I'd be able to pick the bad way. But no matter how many times I play a game, I always tend to pick the good side. I just can't bring myself to do the bad things. <laughs> You're just generally a, a nice guy. Apparently so. Yeah, I'm that. not sure if I have much of an answer to this. Uh, nothing's coming to mind. To me, games that... have always been more escapism than sort of self-analysis. Um, I guess because I play a lot of RPGs and a lot of uh, very story-driven games, I guess it's more of a reactionary thing where I sort of connect with the story. It may not even necessarily have choices in it. Um, for example, I'm finding out quite a lot about myself by playing Persona 4 at the moment, and it is it is messing with my head, bruh. But it's just a, from just looking at a story and seeing how it affects you on a sort of emotional level. Because, man, I, I, it's been a really long time since I've sat down and read a really good book. Now I do all my reading through video games. Hmm. That's bad, but also good. See? See, it's making me like be rubbish with my words. <laughs> <laughs> and you a writer, of all things. I know, I know. Well, I say writer. You well, write wait, I did. I finished a novel since the last episode of Wobbling Stage 1. That's how long we've been gone. Yeah, I wrote a novel. <laughs> nice. Apparently, uh, Kirby sent this now. Yes, we've already received Lister Mail in support of the new uh, show format. And as it's a films episode, it's a films question. A films okay. question? Although a it's films also question. slightly cross-genre of our new genres because, well, I'll read the mail. Greetings, gentlemen. Congrats on the new show and congrats to Irish on the anniversary. In conjunction Woo! with part of the new theme of the show, what is each of yours favourite anime films of all time? Good luck with the new phase. I'll keep doing art if you'll keep having me. Kirby, I would like it on record. I've never had you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't lived. <laughs> I am spoken for. And, and Irish has a 10-year anniversary coming. I, I, I love how as soon as, as soon as that was, question was uttered, both me and Jack were like, their biggest intakes of breaths. <laughs> and then Simon's just sitting there with his Ghost in the Shell DVD. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty easy for me, yeah. Anime yeah. is not something I watch a huge amount of uh, in movie or TV form. I probably, I've seen a fair few movies, but my favourites would be a pretty easy list. Uh, it's Ghost in the Shell, obviously, and Ghost in the Shell 2. Uh, Akira, obviously. I, yeah. I have to go for the obvious one. And uh, oddly, as someone who is on record as not liking horror and uh, for whom horror is not a genre I, I enjoy typically, Perfect Blue is on my list of favourite animes of all time. Woo! I, I can totally get behind that. It's a great movie. Yeah. You know what? I'll stand by that. Yep. What about, what about you, Irish? Uh, well, i say all of those. Uh, I'd also add um, the Ava rebuilds. I haven't seen those yet, which is why they're not uh, on my list. I have. They're awful. You suck. Your choices are wrong. Your choices are wrong, Irish. Um, Man, we should totally set up some kind of anime reviewing podcast. Oh wait, <laughs> I have an Um Spriggan is another one that I really liked, which is a, a look not quite super futuristic, but slightly futuristic uh, so, uh, war one where the soldiers are. Bio, bio enhanced sort of thing, cybernetically enhanced. It's it's a cyberpunk war movie, kind of. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure because I mean, 
I've seen, probably seen loads. Oh, Summer Wars, definitely. There we go, Digimon the movie. <laughs> to be fair, Digimon the movie was awesome. Yeah. Summer, Summer Wars is, another, is a great film, and The Girl Who Left for a Time, that's another great, good one. Oh, I've that's on seen, my list. Yeah. That's another one. Uh, what's his latest one? Uh, was it The Wolf Children? Yes. Yeah, that one I still need to see. I've heard good things about that one as well. Yeah. The, I've yet to see any of his films that have been bad, let's put it that way. Apparently it's a love letter to single mums. There's a love letter to single mums, apparently. Okay. I can see that from what I have seen or clips and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are more. It'll probably come up in a new segment at some point. In some kind of show, some kind Possibly. of podcast. Who, who could say? Uh, we can. What about you? What about me? Safiel. Uh, I mean, you guys already know this, so it's probably going to be like, it's going to be zero surprise to you, but basically, death, rebirth, end of the Evangelion movies. Yeah, I, I stand... Whoa, that was some loud beeping. That was some serious robot going on there. What the fuck was that? That was Iris going robot mode. Weird. It's terrifying. I haven't heard from him since. I think the robot killed Super him. Super robot mode. There he is. Oh, okay. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Oh. Sorry, sorry oh. I, was about to, I was about to do something that was particularly noisy, and apparently I still made noise regardless. So yeah. Yeah. You did indeed. But yes, wow. I stand shocked and amazed that those are your favourites there, Jack. What a death, rebirth, and end of. They're all yeah. the Ava movies. Yeah. Man, I need to get you and Zoe on the same podcast, because she hates those. Oh, I that know. would be great. It was gonna be, it's going to be wonderful if we get a chance to. I'm so up for that. that like, I showed topic. her all of Ava, and she was loving it right up until it ended. And then she was like, <laughs> well, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> that is the correct way to watch that show. And oh, then I was like, oh no, it's fine. They made some feature lengths to explain the ending. And she's like, well, thank God. Show me those. <laughs> so I did. And she's just like, well, that's just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Simon, uh, you're, coming, you're coming to Emma Chibi, right? Maybe. What's that? Well, Emicon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to sit you down with the chairman if he's got time. 10th to the 12th of April next year. Because yeah. then, then after, after me and Zoe have had her Ava discussion, you can have your Ghost in the Shell discussion. <laughs> oh, with the chairman. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, we've got... Uh, yeah. Um, yes, registration opens 25th of... This month? Yeah. This yes. Month. Yeah, so plug, plug, plug. Come to Amishiri UK. Everyone, come to come to Amicon in the UK if you're in the UK. But if you're not, it's going to be really expensive to get here, I guess. <laughs> but do it anyway. Totally worth it. Was it midday they open that night? Come see beautiful scenic Nottingham. Yay. Yeah, mid, midday, 25th of August. Get your tickets. And you can come see live World 1 Stage 1, maybe, possibly. That's the plan. Yeah. If we can get, you know, the other host there. Yes. Yes. That's one, Paprika. Oh, Paprika, yeah. Anything done by that guy, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> hey, Irish. Yeah? Of course he's dead now. Uh, oh. Oh. That, that That's true. Yeah. Of course he did. Right. So, Anything Jack, you had a better segue. No, I didn't. Oh, you no, I didn't. I said I, I couldn't come up with a better segue oh, than the you couldn't did. come up with a better segue. Yeah. Okay, then it is time to begin our new but phase. I, but I can try. You can try. Go on, try. I can try. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> so, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a brilliant segue. I love it. 
I've gotten really good at this. Because to ask the traditional world one stage one question, has anyone been to the cinema? Yes. No, 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 no. I wouldn't go to the cinema. Hard Did you go and see Jack? Me? I went and saw... Transformers. No, I was trying to think of a jokey answer there. Literally, there wasn't a jokey answer. All I could think of is... Uh, is uh... No, wait, no, wait. What did I also go and see? Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I've heard that's quite good. Yeah, it was quite enjoyable. I've not seen that one yet. <laughs> good night, everybody. All right. No, that's it. The... Yeah, we are, in fact, that... here not to talk about apes, but rather to talk about a raccoon. <gasps> and a tree. And a tree. And a green lady. And Batista. Who is blue. Well, greyish, khaki. And Chris Pratt's incredible abs. <laughs> I was very impressed. Also the rest of him. But, man, those abs. <laughs> what I love is that, you know, he lost 60 pounds for this role. Something uh, crazy. And he didn't have to. You know, James <laughs> Gunn was like, I would have hired you anyway. <laughs> it's fine. You've only got one topless scene. Um, but, wow. God damn. Have you seen the interviews with him now, though? Yes. Where he's talking about how he's looking, he's looking so far, looking so forward to putting the weight back on again. And so is his wife, because apparently his wife likes him a bit chubbier. Like, so sad that he's in shape. <laughs> he, he's ranged from saying, you know, she'll be pleased when I can relax again, to she's a feeder. <laughs> I like this man. I like his wife. They're he's amazing. People. I when he went to an awards ceremony and someone asked him, "Who are you wearing?" and his answer was, "I am wearing a human being, formerly known as Chris Pratt." <laughs> Uh, oh, and I think it's fair to say that in all our movie shows, uh, spoilers from the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you've not if, seen the film, oh dear. Spoiler heavy. Look at the title for the episode and then decide whether or not you mind it being spoiled. Or come listen to us live and, you know, play Russian roulette with spoilers. <laughs> but you better have seen it. Yeah. Because we will be, you know, talking about Howard the Duck and everything. Oh, God. Oh, God. I had the oh, best reaction. <laughs> I had the best reaction to that. It was amazing. Proper uh, proper American screening situation, <laughs> that was. Absolute silence for a moment, and then suddenly, out of the darkness, rises Irish's voice. With a call of, what the actual fuck? Whereas I just had the cold, dead hatred from Sophie. Because <laughs> I showed her Howard <laughs> the Duck. It, I yeah, showed but, her the actual, the original film. Oh, uh, the duck nipples. Why some, would you do that? Some time ago in our relationship. I, I was testing her faith. Um, testing her, the, the relationship. I was like, yeah, again, that's some way to test it. Again, we've had this, we've had this discussion about your way of testing your relationship. And <laughs> I, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but it's, it's very self-destructive. Look, I it's, have a very, it, particular taste in films. I like shitty movies. So uh, do I, but how is it going dark? to come up in the relationship at some point? And I'd rather if it's going to come up, it comes up early on and in a controlled manner. I'm like, okay, let's expose you to this is the worst it's going to get. <laughs> Can you handle it? Uh, and And she handled it. She didn't sit through the whole film, but she also didn't kill me. So I count that as a success. Nice middle ground. Yeah. yeah. Nice middle ground. <laughs> it's a passing but, grade. But but Simon, everyone has those films that are really bad, but they still like them anyway. But Howard the fucking duck. It's amazing. I would also like to point out as well that like 
as much as she may have hated you with her eyes on you then when Howard turned up at the Inner Garden's Galaxy, imagine how terrified she would have been if she didn't know what Howard the Duck was. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> Lots of people go, just assumed it was Donald the Duck, apparently. Donald the... Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that well-known character, Donald the Duck. Shut your face. Ah, uh, like Mickey the Mouse. Yes, Mickey the Mouse. Look, just because you don't always address him with his middle name because you're not his angry parent doesn't mean he doesn't have a middle name. Whoa, whoa, slow down there, Mike Adam Lee. <laughs> wow, now there's a reference that goes back all, like, <laughs> to the point that no one fucking remembers. Oh, you're making me crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, Howard the Duck, why? He is in this movie. And not Howard just the in the post credit scene, he's actually in the main body of the movie. <laughs> Why? In in the collector scene, if you look, he is there in one of the cages hanging from the ceiling. He's properly in the film. That doesn't answer why. Uh, because he turned up in one of the Marvel cartoons, like last year, uh, in the collector's collection. It was a, a, a visual gag from one of the animators. And I think James Gunn saw that cartoon, and there was going to be a completely different sting for Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And I'm convinced that it would have been a reveal of Adam Warlock, who is crucial to the whole Infinity Gauntlet storyline, and whose cocoon is in this movie. You know, he is yeah. there in the collector's collection. We see that. So I'm convinced that would would have been the sting. It's before he sort of hatched out and started killing everyone. Well, I, I imagine the sting would have been the cocoon open and the cage smashed. Yeah. So he is gone. Um, but James Gunn was like, what if Howard the Duck was there? And Kevin Feige just started laughing and couldn't stop. And I was like, terrible, okay, we'll do that. Terrible people, the lot of them. <laughs> My kind of people. It was amazing. What do you expect from the man who brought us Tromeo and Juliet? Admittedly, yes. <laughs> Ross, what? Oh, God. Can you just trauma, my, just trauma Howard the Duck? What the... James Gunn's first movie was a movie called Tromeo and Juliet, done for the Troma Studio, who are famous for Toxic Event. I say famous, who are best known for Toxic Avenger. Infamous. There's a word for this, Simon. Infamous. They're not even infamous, though, because so few people even know what Toxie is. I'm sorry, everyone knows who Toxie is. Everyone we know knows who Toxie is. Yeah. Uh, okay, infamous amongst nerds for Toxie. Yeah, okay. Troma are a... Z-grade movie studio. The best. Uh, I think that's fair to say. For example, for Tromeo and Juliet, they filmed a a car flip. It was one of the most expensive stunts they'd ever done at the time, and I think they reused the footage in no less than seven films. (laughs) (laughs) That poor car gets wrecked in so many Troma films. Just because... Sometimes they'll just put it in because they've got it. Um, (laughs) And it was a a fucked up... uh, trippy horror elements, Romeo and Juliet telling, um, full of queer sexuality, drugs culture, and weird facial prosthetics. Yep. Basically everything you'd expect. Yeah. And that was the first thing I thought of when they announced that James Gunn was going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, okay, that's an interesting (laughs) choice. Because I I don't associate him with his more recent work like Super and Slither, which, both of which I've seen and one of which I enjoyed. Um... I'm not saying Slither's a bad film, it's just not my thing. Oh, fair enough, I've not seen either. But my mind immediately goes to Romeo and Juliet. And, uh, it was, oh, what did we all think when they announced they were doing a Guardians of the Galaxy film? What's that then? That's a fair reaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't aware of Guardians of the Galaxy pre this. Oh no, I think 
No, it was exactly at that moment that I that they revealed it. I went, "What's that then?" And the first thing someone told me was Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, what was your reaction, Irish? Well, because you clearly knew who they were. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. James Gunn also wrote Lollipop Chainsaw. Uh, he has a writing what? credit on it. I'm not sure he wrote the whole thing, but he it, was yeah, a writer he... on it. Okay. Uh, Scooby Doo. He wrote Scoo- He wrote Scooby Doo the screenplay. Yeah, he did. He he wrote that Scrappy Doo was the villain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. He he I but he wrote the screenplay to the Dawn of the Dead remake. Eh. Sergeant you Kabuki- take money for a job, you know. Sergeant Kabuki Man public service announcement. <laughs> what is wrong with James Gunn? <laughs> he will do anything for money. God, what the hell? And then That's someone gave him like millions of dollars to make a Marvel film. Yeah, that's completely... Well, not completely, but but barely unconnected to the rest of Marvel. Alright, I'm going to take the listener back, because it's possible people are listening who don't know what Guardians is. Oh, yeah, shit, I just realised we're not going to make a very good show if we don't sort of, like, explain stuff from the ground up. That's true. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy is the latest Marvel movie. Marvel being the comics books. uh, Comics comics books peoples. Comics, Comics the books. English! Do you speak it? Um, now, Marvel have built a bit of a I like, I like that movie reference. Thank you. Uh, they, I'd say they really kicked the current phase of Marvel movies, even though the Hulk was the first one. Iron Man kicked it off. Yeah. Kicked it into high gear. And Kevin Feige, who I referenced before, is the man whose job it is to shepherd the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as they call it. And he's said of Iron Man, it was a huge gamble for Marvel Studios. As a company, they sort of took on the responsibility for making their own films, which if you've seen X-Men 3, if you've seen (laughs) Spider-Man 3, if you've seen the Fantastic Four... I haven't. uh, Don't. um, You can see why they wanted to stop giving other people their properties. Yeah. But they had given people their properties. The X-Men, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, some of their biggest names, arguably their biggest with the X-Men and Spider-Man. So they worked with what they had, and they put all their money behind Robert Downey Jr., who, at the time, was a bit of a risky proposition. A very, very risky proposition, because he kept wandering off stage. Yeah, Hollywood hated him because of drugs and alcohol issues. He, He had a reputation for being impossible to work with. But he was Tony Stark. Tony Stark is a character who is a charismatic alcoholic who will do whatever the fuck he wants. Yep. They gave it to John Favreau to direct. Not as risky a choice, but not an obvious choice, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it worked. It worked in a big way. It, it was worked huge. in a way that people who had never heard of Iron Man were going to see this film. People who'd probably never read a comic book were going to see this film. And it loving exploded. it. Yeah, and loving it. It was well-reviewed, it was well-liked, and it was a comic book movie. This was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> and as Feige said, every film we've made, we've made with one one intention, to persuade people to let us make another one. And they were allowed to make another one. And since then, they built up Captain America and Thor. Again, reasonably well-known names in the Marvel Universe, but not their biggest. But they mm. are all Avengers. Mm-hmm. So they built up to their big ensemble piece, biggest grossing film of all time when it came out, Joss Whedon directing, 
ensemble cast of people they've put together, three of them with their own films to lead into this, new characters thrown in to build it up, massive franchise at this point, and they're on a roll. And then they announce Guardians of the Galaxy. And everyone's like, oh god, they're at it again! With their wrists. Yeah, because the Guardians of the Galaxy are not superheroes. They're not as guardians, they're not flying around in robot suits being heroic. They are dicks. They're, about as far, they're almost as far from heroes as you can get sometimes. They're criminals. They're, they're outright uh, scofflaws. Um, <laughs> one of them also happens to be a raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's a raccoon? It's what you are. And one of them is a tree. So, Yay. No. I just, Wait, yes? I was going to say, no, no, one of them is Groot. One of them is Groot, yes. Yeah. Groot is a tree. He is Groot. He's Flora Colossus. He is a tree. Oh, Wait, Flora Colossus, he's a big tree. Yes. Yeah. That is he's his a big species plant. name. He's a big uh, plant. Yeah. So <sighs> they announced this film, and I was like, okay, they're doing the raccoon movie. Yeah. They're doing the angry raccoon movie. I think that was a lot of people's response. It was. And I kind of just thought, either they've become complacent and genuinely believe they can do no wrong, (laughs) or at some exec meeting at Marvel Studios, they've gotten really drunk and started shit-talking each other. (laughs) And gone, no, no, seriously, I'll I'll do it. I'll commission the raccoon. I'll do the raccoon movie. And you fucking watch it, they'll they'll lap it up. And they'll love it. They'll spend millions on it. I was like, oh, they're doing, okay. It's been a good run, but they might have just fucked up and made a, a comic book movie again. And I was expecting to see another sort of Fantastic Four-style, ridiculous, nonsense, bullshit film. And then they made some more announcements, like James Gunn would direct it. And I was like, the Tromeo guy. Okay. That's, <laughs> I mean, it seems appropriate. You're going to do a movie with a tree and a talking raccoon, and it's all cosmic space nonsense? Yeah, why not get the guy who did Tromeo in? And I'm trying to remember the order in which casting announcements were made, but Chris Pratt, at the time, was the chubby guy off Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, that's the name of the show. That has been booking me for freaking ages. (laughs) All day, I was like, what was the name of that show he was in? And they're like, what, The American Office? Like, no, no, that... The, the 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 other one, you know, with the, the guys in it, and they're just like with the uh, parks and the recreation. It's, all, um, it's, it's yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, no, not that one. The other one. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Andy Dwyer is gonna be Star Lord. I don't see it. <laughs> and then he released a selfie, and I saw it. Yep, he looked and that good. That first trailer as well. Well, this is long, long, long before the trailer. Yeah, but I mean, there that's was... when it cemented it for me. Was the was the first trailer? Oh yeah, was like, yeah the yeah, lineups. But as it was going along, and they announced. Dave Batista. I was like, really? <laughs> okay, so now we've got Andy Dwyer and a wrestler directed by the Tromeo guy doing the Raccoon movie. Wonderful see, Marvel, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? See, I thought that at first, and then I then I saw Riddick, and he was actually quite good in that. He is good in Riddick. I agree. And he's, no, pretty, he's more or less playing the same sort of character, so I was like... That's true, but Riddick hadn't come out at this point. I suppose. Yeah. And I hadn't so heard my revelation... I'm trying to think all we had to go on was, what, the the man with the iron fists? Or whatever it was he was in? Oh, God, I just went off his wrestling career, but... Oh, yeah. Um, which, I like the guy, but he was not exactly A-list material. Yeah. And then well, they he shouldn't have been A-list he material. He shouldn't have been, yeah. <laughs> then they announced Karen Gillan 
And oh I, man, her announcement was amazing. Yeah, I was kind of into this. You know, the fact she's shaved her head to play Nebula. She's really committed. I'm, I'm like, okay, yep. it's fun. This is cool. Zoe Saldana for Gamora. Cool. Like it. Well, uh, now here's the interesting thing. I saw Zoe Saldana was going to be in it. That was a big, big red flag for me. Well, I know you don't like her. Because I've not, until I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I hadn't seen her in anything good. That's fair. And then, and then suddenly, I'm watching it in a good film and go, wow, she's really good. She is. I when, like her. when she's given a bit of rope, she's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, so I was, in, I was okay with that. Um, and Glenn Close, that one snuck that, out. That came yeah. out of nowhere. Ah, it's like Glenn, Glenn Close and Vin Diesel. <laughs> Hang on, yeah. that's, that's an odd couple to announce alongside each other, and it just kept going on. John C. Riley. Uh, we knew Benicio del Toro would be in it because he was in the Stinger to tease it. Peter Serafinowicz. Pe- yeah, Peter Serafinowicz. Oh, yeah. Lee Pace, Michael Rooker, and I just had to go. This is such a fucked up cast. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper announces the voice of Rocket, which at the time I had a real issue with. Because I'm, yeah. I'm one of those people who always reads Rocket as Cockney. Yeah. Because a lot of writers write him with Cockney um, sort of dialectic. Yeah. Uh, although I've, I've since found out, you know, the creator of Rocket Raccoon fucking loved Bradley Cooper's performance. So I'm, I'm going to bow down to the man who came up with Rocket and go, you like him? Uh, fair enough. And it impressed me because I couldn't tell it was Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he like, did a really good voice, job, actually. Yeah. He was he's, he's got He's got a really good vocal range on him. Yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, the cast was, it's a weird lineup. And I was like, you have my attention. This film is shaping up to either be like the biggest train wreck since Howard the Duck, in which case I want to watch it, <laughs> or something fucking special. And then they announced a trailer. <laughs> and then we watched the trailer. Yeah, we did. And I was trailer pretty was sure at that point that this was going to be something pretty special. Yeah. Soundtrack. The soundtrack up. is ingenious. Yeah, love it. Uh, in the film, Peter Quill, Star Lord, is taken from Earth, abducted uh, as a small child in the eighties, with only the clothes on his back and his backpack. Containing, that was acceptable in the eighties. It was containing his Walkman with a tape given to him by his uh, dying, then dead mother uh, of her favorite songs, Awesome Mix, Volume One. So all the music is 70s and 80s. Ah, it's, it's just a wonderful excuse to have a brilliant soundtrack. Yeah. And it works so well as a conceit. Because it, it's also something that throughout the film, you know, Quill has such an emotional attachment to. The music is something he's utterly invested in. Yeah, because it is his entire life. Yeah, it's, it's what he has left of home. Although, you know, I kind of, that was a bit of a disconnect for me in the film, actually. If we're going to talk about, it's not flawless. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a couple of things I'd pick up on. He's it's it's all he's got left of home, so he's so utterly attached to it. But at the same time, he's also got pogs and troll dolls, and he's clearly he's had the opportunity to pick up stuff from Earth over the years. You know, has he come back and visited, or is this stuff he's sort of salvaged off of marketplaces throughout the galaxy? It's it's really unclear to me what his relationship with Earth is throughout this film. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I mean, I've got a lot I can say about this film, but you guys, go. Um, Thoughts, opinions. 
I will. I'll jump in because I don't know how much. I mean, I can stay for another sort of like twenty minutes or so. Um, cool. And but I really don't want to sort of jump out early on our first sort of comeback episode, so I want to make sure I'm getting all my stuff out there. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, oh, I've been brought refreshments. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, really, really enjoyed it. I would definitely put it in my top three Marvel movies. Maybe top four. No, no, top. I'll, I'll say top three. I'll say top three. Um, and it, it has done something that very, 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 very few films... Sorry, that went near the microphone. Um, very few films have uh, ever done. And that is that I loved every character in that film. Yeah, for you, that's actually quite a record. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Considering that my favourite Marvel movie of all time... Winter Soldier, that still has a couple of characters I dislike. But I, I would still rank it overall as better than Guardians of the Galaxy, but I literally can't gush hard enough about Winter Soldier. But we're not talking about Winter Soldier still. Um, so yeah, character-wise, every, every actor played their part perfectly. Every character was written perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. If I had to pick like a small flaw character-wise with the film, it would be, I would say... Um, Ronan the Accuser. Yes. I, I, I have think a few he's characters said, that I think are flawed in their writing, actually. Really? I mean, I, I, yeah. admittedly, I, I, I approach it as a, just as a movie, not as a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, because I've never read Guardians of the Galaxy. So I, don't I haven't read a lot, so I'm approaching it okay. just as a movie as well. Cool. But I agree All with right. Ronan, absolutely. I think Marvel desperately need villains, because yeah. they're overly reliant on Loki, and they undersold oh, God, Ronan yeah. and then threw him under the bus. Yeah. I was I, I did I think my words afterwards were I think Ronan's gonna go down as potentially the most forgettable Marvel villain with the possible exception of Malekith. Oh yeah. man Malekith. Well Malekith's uh, whole plan was I've put something into motion that will resolve itself, now I will hide until it's finished. Yeah. Which, you know, for an action packed movie is a shit plan. Yeah, and that's the thing, it's just like I mean Thor two had a whole host of problems. It did. Um but yeah, I think Malekith and Ronan the Accuser are both sort of sitting there as the forgettable villains. Uh, Whiplash as well. See, I, Ronan's intro, the um, the bit cribbed directly from Hellboy's birth of Rasputin. Oh, uh, with the, the hammer and the blood sacrifice. Was and, beautiful. Uh, the yeah. whole having his acolytes prepare him. Yeah. Uh, oh, that wonderful. scene was astounding. And I was like, yeah. oh, they're building up a new big bad for Marvel. And then he just kind of was grumpy in a minimalist, cavernous ship for a movie and died. And I was like, oh. with, with, i got to admit, a really, really bad makeup job. I, I couldn't stand how he looked. It, it looked really badly done. I, I get that he's supposed to, like, you've got, in a, in a show with all these, these aliens, with everything looking weird and, and, and bizarre, you, you need to make someone in makeup look like they're in makeup rather than it just being their face. Hmm. But it did just look like a really half-assed makeup job. The, the, the crumbly, the black makeup over his face, the blood and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I it just, just looked like, like a half-assed primitive job. Primitive war paint. Yeah, uh, but it, to it, be honest. it's like, oh, what's that? Uh, there's probably like a, a very old saying about it, but like having to make something that looks, uh, something that looks uh, slapdab professional mm. so, that, so that otherwise it just looks slapdab and rubbish. You, it, takes a, it takes a real artist to make something look bad, like, rough on purpose, you know? Yeah, true. Like, I do uh, like, like the way he went after Thanos' Herald, though. Yes. You know, as a comparison with Loki, who was 
you know, depending on how you read that character, kind of browbeaten by Thanos. And as much as he is a villain to the rest of the piece, he's a victim of Thanos. Yeah. Uh, Ronan was taking none of that shit, which I quite liked. Yeah. He was really, really petulant, which is a, it's a nice villain trait to have. And he was just like, no, I'm, I've got a higher calling here. I, I, I'm in charge. I am the big scary, I'm the big scary bad. It's just you're very, very strong. So I'm going to wait until I've got what I need. Then I'm taking you down. Also, aka Thanos just can't hire the staff anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants to backstab Thanos. How the fuck is he going to get anything done? Well, that's canon to the series. Yeah. He gets, what, three, three underlings? Plus, uh, Jimon Hanzo? Oh, was, oh, I forget. Was Jimon, I forget the name of his character, but Jimon Honsu, who was he was Ronan's underling. He was really Ronan's. Okay, Thanos's. okay, fair enough. I could. Yeah, that was another problem. I couldn't tell who was working for Ronan and who was working with Ronan because Thanos had put them there. You know, uh, just Gamora and Nebula, really. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Who again? I loved. Absolutely loved them both. Uh, Nebula to me felt like she. Again, no, I have not read Guardians of the Galaxy, so I was sort of applying my my knowledge from other things. Nebula to me, it felt like she had just stepped right out of Mass Effect. Yes. Um, yeah. Fair comment. Actually, and what's really funny is in the comics, Gamora's armor is basically straight out of Mass Effect as well. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, but uh, Nebula, I think, was under underused a oh, little yeah. bit. I think Karen Gillan's performance was just a touch Doctor Who, not Hollywood. I, I enjoyed uh, it, but yeah. I, I think it was just a bit stiff. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to James Gunn has said Nebula will get a lot more in the sequel. That's good because I mean, which I, I, I am looking the, forward to. If if I had to pick, considering okay, again we're saying to say the spoilers thing here. You know, Thanos is gone, but Nebula's still around. And if I had to pick between, sorry, uh, not Thanos, Ronan. Ronan is gone. Ronan but, is uh, gone. But this is the this is the comic book universe. There's no reason it, Thanos can't reconstruct him as a uh, as a slave and and send the reanimated. There is um, that reconstructed Ronan off, because I mean Ronan has in Marvel comics has appeared in sort of two incarnations, one of which is uh, a Cree warlord, and the other of which is just Thanos's acolyte. Uh, we've had yeah. one. Let's have the other. Why not? Makes sense. But I mean, for, for, for the movie intents and purposes as, as we know it now, he's dead. Ronan's gone. He's dead and gone. Nebula's still around. If I had dead. to pick between, if I had to pick between Ronan and Nebula, I'm so happy that Nebula's still around. Yes, absolutely. Um, Gamora, I fucking loved, which has made me so happy because I, I, you know, I, I felt like I'd given Zoe Saldana a chance and she'd let me down with with the films I'd seen her in. So to see her in something and go, that film was really good and she was really good in it, sort of reaffirmed me there and gone, okay, cool, she's all right. I, I, I don't have to blame her for Star Trek. Um. <laughs> Then yeah, every every last one of the Guardians, the side characters, uh, the, the the just it all character wise it worked. Other than you know Ronan being a bit of a forgettable villain, um, that was I think my major major problem with it was just that the, 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 the and it, that it tried to do a little bit too much. I think there was there was sort of two plots going on, two but maybe not two movies worth of plots, but certainly more than one movies worth of plot. You know, yeah, they were trying to set up the entire Marvel cosmic universe in one go, and it's like explaining and every single Star-Lord. one of the Guardians. Yeah, explaining Star Lord, explaining the rest of the Guardians, explaining the Marvel cosmic universe, explaining Ronan and what's going on there, all the politics, explaining um, the oh, what's it called, the bloody 
Uh, Nova, uh, Steam, Nova Prime, and the, the yeah. Nova, Nova Corps. Core and, all that stuff. and the Zendarians. Um, and then, uh, all of it, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, things like uh, Nowhere and all that sort of stuff. There was a oh, lot man, there no. to fit into one film. And, it, and it, I mean, there were scenes in that film that were like, what, 30, 40 seconds long? Yeah. And, and Gunn has that is a, acknowledged that, is a problem. that. He said that, you know, the second film is going to have a very different feel because we now know who these people are and we kind of know a little bit about the universe they're in. So we can... Yeah, so they can take a bit more time. Exactly. Which is great because there I, are a I, couple of characters in there who need more time. Gamora... I, I, don't get me wrong, I loved Zoe Saldana's yeah. performance. What she did with what she was given was fantastic, but what she was given was so little. Yeah, and it, and there was so, well, you see, it's so little, but it's so much in a short amount of time. She did jump from, I'ma kill you to, I'ma let you live to, I'ma kiss you to, I'ma kill you again. And it just sort of, I get that that's part of the character, but with the short scenes and the short, the tiny amount of dialogue she was given, it just made her seem like a very, very shallowly written character. Yes. And that, that's and my I, point, is she wasn't given yeah. enough to really convey the character, and I want to get to know the and, character. Yeah. It, it's, it's not unforgivable levels of, of, of bad. It just makes me wish there was either they'd split it into two films, or that they come up with a director's cut, like a three-hour director's cut of guys, guys with some extended scenes, just, just draw it out a bit, just, just let, it, let it breathe. You don't have to get it all done in one go. Oh, I'm you know, all for the, that. Yeah, the audience aren't going to like get scared off. It's just they're just hammering it into your face and just going, "This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened." Get on with it. But, I mean, they even they, they cut out all the stuff of explaining a lot of things and just went, "This is the way it is." We're going to give you maybe two words of of explanation about why this is why this works, like the um, like surviving in hard vacuum. Um, hmm. We're going to give you like a throwaway sentence as to why that works. We're not going to explain it to you in detail. There's going to be no exposition on it. Her body mods will keep her alive for a few seconds, but yeah, it's. So you yeah, it's it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna babysit you throughout this. You you just gotta learn to deal with it and just digest it as it comes, and that's great. I do like that, but again, it makes the whole film feel a bit rushed. I think rushed is probably the the way the way to describe it. See, I felt like the first half uh, was really rushed because they were establishing yeah. everything, and it's once they hit the prison break, it sort of hit a stride and got into a rhythm. Yeah. And I've got a bit. I have. I. I don't think I've ever tried to. I'm a very conscientious cinema goer. I don't think I have ever tried so hard to suppress a laugh since I have heard. Oh wait, you actually took his leg? <laughs> I know. Oh, right. <clears throat> that I mean, some people have complained that the whole rocket and people's prosthetics thing is a bit ableist, and it is. Um, yeah. But Rocket is an asshole. They're all yeah. assholes. Uh, and that is funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it is funny. And we need that guy's eye. No, we don't. Yeah, I, I, I really Seriously, need it's it. It's important to me. <laughs> um, but I, what was amazing about Rocket is not only does he get a lot of big laugh lines yeah. uh, and a lot of action, he also he gets... Has some of the saddest scenes. Yeah. I, there is a it's moment serious in this film... Serious Yes. Uh, there is a moment in this film where the Guardians end up in Nowhere, which is the hollowed-out skull of a celestial being. Uh, it's an amazing setting, one lifted from the comic, and presented amazingly in this home base, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's the Guardian's center of operations. Um, also, just, just going into, dipping into his comic books a little bit, isn't Nowhere the, the celestial <laughs> that is in the head? Isn't it essentially, isn't that what Galactus is? Sort of, but no. Okay, cool, fair enough. Um, he's on that scale. Well, he's a step above that scale, I think. Jesus. 
uh, like the Celestials, actually, there's there's generations and tiers of them, and I think Galactus is earlier than the one that is nowhere, and like the smallest and closest to mortal are actually the Asgardian gods. Oh! Uh, Odin is it, technically a Celestial. His Fletch, Fletch after the movie was like, I'd hate to see the thing that did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we kind of did, because it would have been another Celestial, most likely, and the yeah. the being wielding the stone in the little footage that the collector shows is another Celestial. Yeah, so they're bringing them in. They are. They're acknowledging their existence. But, um, yeah, they go to nowhere, which is a hive of scum and villainy. It's the Mos Eisley scene of this film. Hooray! Uh, and they do in, end up getting drunk, gambling, cavorting, the whole thing, because they're stuck there for a while. And what I really love is it wasn't just get the characters drunk, let's have some slapstick comedy. It was get the characters drunk and they get maudlin. Yeah, they've been through some stuff, man. Yeah, and it was a bit of character exposition that I just was not expecting in a film with this tone. Just Rocket was... Uh, Now, I'm gonna gonna just say as well, I'm not entirely sure I liked that scene with with Rocket in the bar. No? Again, falling into my usual thing of it felt kind of rushed. Oh, I, it was more the, of a touch upon than really going it, into it. it. I would love to see more of that. I, abs- I know, it, in one sense, I absolutely loved it. What I, what, I, what I suppose I dislike about it is that it was just, it was there for a moment and then pretty much forgotten about. Yes. Um, I think a much more, a much more, um, powerful scene for me was, uh, when they're in the prison and they're putting on the jumpsuits. And you see his back. And yeah, yeah it, it's, it's Star Lord looking at his back and seeing all the plugs and all the scars and all the wiring and everything in his back. And there's just that there's that pause, and you know, Rocket just sort of pauses, and you realise that he knows that he's being looked at. Yeah, I was, and I was it's, half it's so expecting well... him to say something like, you know, take a picture. Yeah, yeah but it's like know? he and just they swallows it down. It's like, oh, that's actually more serious than. Oh, okay. There are three scenes for me that define Rocket in this movie, and that's the first of them. And it's it's so well done in that he's just yeah. also been quarantined and showered, so he's he's got that look of a wet animal. Which always looks really pathetic. Uh, Then there's the scene when he gets drunk and maudlin, and you he he just opens up a little bit about you know being. I never asked to be made like this. Yeah, and then it's the the last one is when he at the very end when he's sitting sobbing over Groot, and Drax just drops down next to him and strokes the top of his head, and he just tenses up completely. Yeah, he flinches and then relaxes into it. And yeah. uh, that was such a beautiful moment without words because it shows Drax as a parent, which we've known but ha- yeah. haven't yeah. acknowledged throughout the whole film, and Rocket as a small furry animal, which we've known but not acknowledged. And it's it's them both sort of just getting into that bit of their natures. And on that note, holy shit, I love Drax. Oh, I, know. I love Drax <laughs> with a fiery goddamn passion. I the three the three things that made that movie for me were Rocket, Groot, and Drax. Just. I, oh, the very specific moments of of tracks, like the, his, his, his parting, Although it was for me, I mean, I like that line, but I suppose it, I'd, I'd sort of gotten used to it because um, it, it had been quoted quite a lot before the movie came out. For, for me, me, it was, it him was laughing and laughing and laughing as he's oh, in a out of control spaceship crashing into yeah. another spaceship. That was wonderful. I also like his his parting line. What if someone irks me and I wish to tear out his spine? And it's a long pause, and they just. Well, well, that's actually, um, murder, one of the murder. worst crimes. And his response is just to go, huh, and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> or, or indeed, uh, his, his thing, and you, man who lies with the Pane, or whatever it was called, and, you know, and you, tidy rodent. Rascillion. 
Yes, and then, and you, traitorous whore. See, that <laughs> and then, is actually my least favourite line in the movie. But that, but that's the thing, and then, but it's it's then the thing is, as the nebula turns up, and then him, you know, obviously blowing up and no one talks to my friends like that, and just going, he really doesn't quite get it. Yes, but the thing, I, I really, that line took took me out of this. Because uh, really? up okay. until that point, it was a, a slightly more sort of um, grown-up kind of Star Wars space opera, bright, colourful adventure. Yeah. All ages. And I loved it. Ah, right. And I was like, he didn't call her a traitor at all, just a green whore. The only derogatory thing in what he called her was whore. So why sexualize it when what she is is a murderer, a traitor, an assassin, a henchwoman, a villain? All these things you could have said that would have yeah. been accurate and true to the character as we've seen her portrayed. Why hmm. does Drax, who is a family man, who is a husband, who is a father, who in every other way seems quite honorable, instantly go to sexual degradation of his one female friend? It's... It really, really bugged me because how quickly Hollywood goes to that as the, yeah. the root of what's wrong with women rather than, and you, murderous traitor, you are yeah. my friend, would have been fine. And then yeah. instantly, blow up Nebula, no one talks to my friends that way. That would have been great. Worked. Yeah. But they went to whore. And I was like, why is that in there? Why is that word in there? In a film that, you know, already doesn't pass the Bechdel test, uh, has yeah. so few female characters in it. Uh, why instantly go to the sexual degradation of women? Well, it bothered the shit out of me. And really, I, I actually just sat up a little straighter in my film and went, whoa, whoa, why? I, it annoyed oh. the piss out of me. To me, that is the, the worst thing in this film, that line. Huh. fair enough. I get the joke they were making. Well, yeah, I it mean, was funny when he said, this dumb tree is my friend. Huh. I forget what it was for Rocket. Um, it was something furry animal. It was just, he is a little furry animal thing. I can't remember. That is true. He either. is a little furry animal. He is, and so cute, and so yeah. he was. He wasn't there. <laughs> he wasn't there in that scene. No, he wasn't actually. Yeah, because oh. he was. He was the guy who was punching. Oh, he was off flying the. Uh, yeah, he was flying the ship. Man, I love Rocket. No, no, he was there for that scene. Was he? No, he wasn't. Jen went. Jen saw it on Friday again. Okay. Oh, we have the continuity expert. But yeah, Groot. Groot's also fantastic. They could not have picked a better voice. No, absolutely. Fun fact as well, when he was recording his lines, uh, yep. it was in the same studio and with the same sound engineer as uh, he recorded with Brian Giant. Oh, No wow. way! That's yep. awesome. They were reunited. That is, that is absolutely I beautiful. I know that he learned, he learned his lines in five languages. Yes, well, he only has to learn the one line and then add inflection. <laughs> uh, yeah. two, lines. two lines, technically, yeah. Yeah. It's one of my. It's one of my favorite. Um, yeah, we're... favorite things that's gone around on Tumblr is the uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy fandom. We don't say "I love you." We say "We are Groot," and I think that's beautiful. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Think that. The Japanese would be "Watashi wa Groot desu." Yeah, I mean, you've got two lines to learn. Why not do it uh, for all the localization? And also, I think Vin really likes being Groot. Oh God, yeah. I think Vin got... likes being Vin. Whatever <laughs> he <true>. does, <laughs> he is just a giant nerd. I love that I actually saw a little bit of Vin's face in because he did all the motion capture as well. Yeah, performance yeah. capture. And specifically, the scene after he slams all the guys into the wall for about an hour and then just grins grin. and grins. That's <laughs> yeah. such a Vin Diesel grin. It is. It's so heartwarming and, 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 and <laughs> like puppy dogish. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Everything about Groot, like 
it's it's the fact that it's it, even though he has the one you know technically two but you know even though he only has the one line mm. he still has the best lines in the film yes like, and what's for, awesome is he had a unique it. script really Vin Diesel's script contained Groot's dialogue oh so he knew how to he knew what he was it. saying that's really cool because I like the whole like with the with the water fountain it's like stop drinking there. I am Groot. Yes, you were. I saw you just drinking it right then. And and right towards the end, the um, oh, what was it? You know, I know the end of people we can call our friends. No, no, no. It was it was the uh, what percentage of our plans you got? It's like twelve percent. Oh, oh, that's that's all right then. I am Groot. Well, who cares if it's more than eleven percent? What the hell does that matter? <laughs> Fun fact. Do you know why it's twelve percent? Why is it twelve percent? Cast your mind back to Iron Man two. I think it was. Uh, when no Pepper one and Tony are squabbling about Stark Tower, Simon, you give yourself Simon, about twelve percent of the credit. Simon, I'm I'm gonna have to tell you something. Hard I liked me. Iron Man Two. Shut the fuck up. No one remembers Iron Man Two. I do, but it was twelve percent of the credit. Was it okay. Avengers? It's Avengers. But yes, twelve percent of the credit. Wow, that's, that's that's embarrassing. The best line in Iron Man Two was in Avengers. <laughs> I didn't say it was the best line in Iron Man Two. Okay. I said it was a line in Iron Man Two. And it, <laughs> Uh, the 12%, 12% has been used a couple of times in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. It's it's a number they keep yeah. going back to. I like that. I like that as a, as a recurring, as a trope. Yeah, but it's no, just a little Easter egg. Because Iron Man 2. Have one? <laughs> I like that reference. Yeah, Iron, Man, Iron Man 2 was 12% of a film. Which is better than 11%. <laughs> that is true. But who cares if it's better than 11%? What does that matter? Rocket Rocket served a really useful function more than once. I I love the way this film would start down the road of trope, of just doing something really cheesy and stereotypical. For example, wonderful scene as all the Guardians of the Galaxy are gathered on Quill's ship talking about actually banding together to save the day. And, you know, uh, they're all aware that this is a suicide mission. And it looks like the team's about to fall apart. And then Gamora gets to her feet gives her reason for joining up and they all do in a row and and it's you know this wonderful bonding moment and it comes to rocket who's like okay great i'll stand up i'm standing up are you happy we're all standing up now bunch of jackasses standing in a circle and (laughs) that's his job is to go hang on we're being a bit of a cheesy action movie right now i'm going to call us on it it's the whole thing is like oh i haven't got much of a lifespan anyway yes (laughs) which is his brilliant reason for signing up it's just it works. The, the, the chemistry works. The, the 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 individual acting works. The character writing, for the most part, works. Yes, <laughs> and it's it's a film that just it reminded me so much of my youth because no one makes these brightly coloured, upbeat action movies anymore. You know, I felt like the the scene at the start, yeah. with Quill finding the orb, was just straight out of an Indiana Jones film. Oh my god, just the um. Him dancing along at the start. Oh, so good. The, the title card of this movie is the best title card I've seen in years. It's just the title in giant font filling the screen, and then tiny little Star Lord right down at the bottom, just dancing, just <laughs> doing some pelvic sorcery. Um, I I fucking love that uh, shot. Good old pelvic sorcery. Kevin Bacon. Um. So yeah, that, <laughs> that was right out of Raiders. Uh, you've got nowhere is Mos Eisley. The whole thing, you know, the shot of them all in the cockpit. It's it's so Millennium Falcon. There's it's just it feels like an 80s movie done with a 
a modern uh, visual sensibility. I fucking love that. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. It is. And I mean, I love space opera movies, you know, big space adventures. So I'm thrilled to see it back, which is why this is one of my favorite films of recent years, let alone Marvel movies. This is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I can agree with that. Oh. And the most Star Warsy thing, it's... you've got Groot and Rocket, uh, the whole uh, Chewie and Han, you know, he's making noises and then getting translated. That's true. <sighs> As Speakman has just said in the chat room, synergy. <laughs> Bring it together. Yes. Guardians, do you know it was the, the biggest August opening of all time? Really? Yeah. Huh. And and I love that, um, oh, Batista, when he found out he got the job, he signed up for acting classes. Because <laughs> he didn't want to let anyone down. Oh. But actually, what I was saying earlier, I had a bit of a revelation about Batista's casting. It makes so much sense to me now after a conversation I had with Zoe. James Gunn was casting for comedy. He was not casting for action. Yeah. Right. And one of the most important aspects of comedy is timing. So where are you going to find someone with a bodybuilder's physique who knows timing? Oh, yeah. Pro wrestling. Batista, he tells a joke and then tears his quad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's for timing. And he's his timing, timing was phenomenal. The deadpan and the phenomenal the, the timing was just together. It. Oh, why would I put my finger on his neck? <laughs> And I, that kind of a deadpan character, that kind of takes everything literally character, would have been so easy to deliver badly. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But he does it with so much sincerity that I just, I, I adore Drax. He's a wonderful character. He's just, you just want to pat him on the head just as he pats, um, uh, oh, God, someone's talking about how with the duck. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, I had temporarily over the course of this. Happy review. Forgotten that Howard the Duck existed. <laughs> Too bad, sucker. And yes, that was that was in fact. I think it's just been mentioned in the in the chat room, but it was in fact my favorite, potentially anyway, my favorite line in the film. We saved your ass. No, you didn't. We just no, you didn't. We just established that when, like five seconds ago, dude. I wasn't listening. I was thinking about something else. That was a beautiful moment. <laughs> and that's a bit of rocket when, um, when he's making stuff on the ship. So what's that? Just a bomb. <laughs> I was going to put it in a box. What's a box going to do? It's just Gamora's like, get rid of it. Like... Oh, that was the um, the Hadron thing. The And this? This is for if you want to blow up moons. No one is blowing up moons. You just want to <laughs> suck the fun out of everything. That's it, yeah. <laughs> uh... it's, just, it's just full of great lines. It is. It's very quotable. And the moments. I mean, even... Even at the end of the film, when they're back on uh, in on the, uh, in the Nova Corps, even the the clothing they're wearing is more like their actual costumes from the comics. Gets closer. I mean, apart from Gamora, who, as I say, should yeah. be in Mass Effect armor. That mm. is true. But um, yeah, as Jen keeps saying, dancing Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing Groot was amazing. I loved the that, dancing Groot. That little bit at the end was just a nice little touch. It's yeah, you know the dancing daisies they made years ago. Yeah. If they do not make this as a merchandising thing, I will never forgive Marvel. Those I keep, I keep dancing seeing things that I assume are that. 
I keep seeing things that I assume are those, and then it's not, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I just keep assuming someone's already come up with the idea and marketed it, and they're selling it. Well, they See, are think... making... Hot Toys are making a toy of the potted Groot, but I don't think it sounds reactive. And someone has oh, modeled right. the old Daisy uh, to make it, um, uh, but that's a one-off. That's the thing. Uh, an associate of a friend of mine who does 3D printing made a potted Groot figure which, you know, it was on Kotaku and all sorts. And he was selling them on Etsy or something, one of those type things. Mm. Uh, and then less than a week later, he received a cease and desist from Marvel for them. And so it's like, you know, oh, well, sorry, guys, I can't sell them anymore. That morning, Hot Toys had put on their Rocket and Groot, like, you know, uh, coming soon toys. And then... They by the end of the day they had re uh, redone the image they put on there to include a thing saying bonus six inch pocket uh, party Groot toy as well <laughs> six inch bonus sort of thing so it's just like huh well one step scale yeah but yeah but it's just like huh all this happening on the same day yes well. I mean, one of the most promising things I saw about them possibly um, doing a dancing Groot toy is someone asked someone at Marvel about it, and all the Marvel guys said, was, you know, I can't confirm or deny anything. All I can say is, toys get previewed in previews, so if we announced it too early, we'd have spoiled the film. <laughs> <laughs> so they may well be working on it, which yeah, would please me. Ba, 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 ba. Fun fact, I've heard about the sequel as well as Nebula getting more action because James Gunn wants more time to get to know the character. Thank God. Um, is that he is branching away from the comics canon deliberately and consciously. So okay. stuff you think you know, you don't know. There's a lot of references in this film to Peter Quill's father, who, if you read the comics, is Jason of Spartax. Jason. Uh, which is a pretty big deal. But Gunn has said, oh, no, no, no. In the movies, Jason is not his father. Uh-huh. nothing to do with Spartax. It's a whole other thing for the movies. Because as we know, the movies are their own universe, like the Ultimates are their own universe. It has its own yes. continuity. It has its own reality behind it. They're going to change it, it, who invented Ultron. Yeah. A lot of the same stuff, but very much its own thing. So it's like, no, it's all plotted out. Um, it's not Jason. It's someone else. It's relevant to the cinematic universe. And it's its own thing. And it may come up in the sequel. It may not. It may come up in a later film than that. And I was like, oh, you tease. <laughs> but I, I think that's very interesting, saying that there is, you know, a lot more story in his head for these characters. And Marvel is backing him because they announced and greenlit the sequel before the first film even came out. Test screenings were that positive. Yeah. So I don't know how, but they've somehow made the Angry Raccoon movie into a saleable franchise. The Angry Raccoon movie, it will live again. It will. More Angry Raccoon. The movie universe. Oh. Okay, apparently the movie universe's Earth is Earth 199,999. That is the movie universe. Okay. In the Marvel universe. I thought it was DC (laughs) that numbered their universes. Apparently Marvel do too. Fair enough. We've also got... Obviously, um, we get... We get, them, we get them more common names and stuff like Ultimate Universe and whatnot, like that. Marvel Zombie Universe and so on and mm. so on. So, I guess in some situations, they number them in the movie 
universes, that particular one. Oh, well, that's nice. That is. We've also got Lex saying in the chat room, uh, what do we think of the idea that Stan Lee is the Watcher? Because he cameos in all the films. See, I'm, he's told me this one before, and you know what, I'm actually... I wouldn't mind that being the truth. Ah, uh, but it, he pulls people out of the idea. way of... He pulls people out of the way of danger. He gets so he's involved. He's not just watching. Yeah, he's yeah, actually made true. an impact. Like in, admittedly, that's not in the... I don't think in the MCU, but like in the old Fox... The, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Mm. He pulls that little girl to safety and whatnot. But yeah, he hasn't so, I mean, interfered in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I know of. Not that, not that I know of. It's, it's possible. I mean, he might have been interfering with those girls in Iron Man and, and indeed with the girl in Guardians well, of the Galaxy. But he was Hugh Hefner. Guardians. Grade yeah. A prevert. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, oh God. Rocket talking about the child. Just get up on your own two feet. Doesn't think it's cool to ask for help. It's not cool to ask for help. Walk on your own, you little gargoyle. <laughs> Oh, that was the moment I was like, yeah, I'm going to like this guy. <laughs> that fight sequence. Holy shit. Gamora, Quill, Rocket, Group, the whole thing. It just back and forth. never ended. It's, every time you think <laughs> there's going to be a beat of rest in that fight, it just kept going. I loved it so much. It was amazing. And so another awesome bit of trivia is um, <laughs> Chris Pratt got really hurt doing that because when he was... Really? Doing the choreography with Zoe Saldana, they were wearing basically body armor under their costumes. Yeah. Uh, and he forgot to put the body armor on when they were actually filming the fight. Oh. And thought, well, if I tell her, she'll pull the moves and it all looks shit. So didn't mention it to Zoe Saldana, who oh, therefore double foot kicked him in the chest as hard as she could. Uh, oh. <laughs> and oh he my was God. apparently badly bruised for the rest of filming. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Jesus Life Christ. is bad. I do this for my art. <laughs> Best job ever. <laughs> oh, yes, and right, it's just been linked note, to the chat room, but it is really cool. I'm going to have to disappear. Fair enough. Well, thank Listen. you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to have been I've here. I've not had you either. And, or have you? No. I mean, you were asleep at the time. Then you had me, not the other way around. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I shall catch you guys soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Did we come up with a name for the movie show? Yes. The Adventures of Alan Smithy. Yeah, that one. Uh it's your signing... idea. Can, can I just put a little little suggestion or petition in? Can 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 we like ask Alien Ant Farm if we can have movies as our as our theme song? <laughs> we can ask. I doubt they'll even reply. They don't have computers to email us, do they? No. No. That shit costs they can't money, afford yo. internet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's owned by whatever something records. Anyway, I will catch you guys soon. Thank you so much for having me. This is like the first time in ages I've had to duck out of an episode early, so I do apologize. Um, it happens. But next time I'll be I'll be here till the bitter end. The very well, I don't think there's much end. more to go. No. All I will say is roll on Gog two. <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah. Peace out, homies. I should catch you soon. Later. Bye. Bye. Yes, as I was saying, super cute thing uh, that just got linked in the chat room. The gift Marvel gave James Gunn. Have you seen it? Oh, the the all. Yes, with the yes. that was a pretty good plan plaque. That is pretty awesome. Because I tell you what, that was a pretty good plan. That movie did okay. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs>
it is it's safe to say the that Guardians is my film of the year. Oh it's god, blown, yeah. it's blown out everything else I've seen this year. It it's my favorite Marvel movie now. It's my favorite as well, uh, by a long shot. I mean, I, I I loved it so much that I walked out of that cinema and I went. I I said immediately, I'm no longer worried about what Abrams does to Star Wars because yeah. we've got modern space opera. Uh, yeah, we've, we've got it. We're safe. Yeah, I I don't care what he does. If he makes a good film, fantastic bonus. But if he doesn't, I've got Guardians. I don't care. Yes, but um. I've, oh, I mean, after I mean, looking back at the movie, at all the event, all the uh, Marvel movies, like from Avengers, Avengers was like the the best thing they'd done. Yes, and then we had you know, Iron Man three, Thor two, Captain America two, all great films. Four simply syndicated about how Avengers actually moved me emotionally, because as a kid who grew up reading comics when it wasn't cool to read comics, yeah. Uh, and who grew up watching comic book movies the way they were when we were younger, you know. The, oh, uh, yeah. They were not good. No. And comic book movie became sort of shorthand in the way that if I said a Michael Bay movie now, you'd know what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which. Yeah. And yeah. I, I sat there in the cinema watching Avengers thinking, this isn't just a film that has an all-star cast, millions of dollars, and is taking comics seriously and doing well. This is the culmination of a campaign of films that took comics seriously. And I, I actually, I, I welled up because it had come full circle. These, this joke of a subject was now the biggest franchise in the world. And I was just like, the time has come, motherfucker. I love this. <laughs> uh, and Guardians has surpassed how much I liked that film. Yeah, thing, you know, I loved Avengers. Loved it. Best you know, at at the time, it was the best film I'd seen in a very very long time. I said, Iron Man three came out, Four two came out, Captain America two came out. All good films in their right, but still didn't have the same wow factor that Avengers had. Then mm. this came along, and there wasn't a single part in this movie that I wasn't like on the you know I was. On the edge of my seat, you know, I was so hooked that I didn't look away. Yeah, it, when some of the others, yeah, well, in some of the others, you know, I would look at Jen or whoever we were with and just see their reaction. With this, I just couldn't. I just stuck and just watched. The beginning was so sad; it broke my heart. And oh then, no! Oh god, we haven't even talked about. Yeah, there is there is a barrier of entry to this movie, right? You may think from the way we've been talking about it, this is. Uh, an all laughs, all smiles thrill ride. No yeah. cancer. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Fucking hell. Uh, I, I was not cancer. expecting that for the start. Yeah. Like, oh my god. So depressing. Mum cancer and, then, and, and then, a then, moment, momentary mistake that turns into a life of regret. It's like, wow. Fucking, yeah. if you've seen Up, then you know how much a film can yeah. punch you in the gut in the first 30 seconds. Oh, this is like that. So that happened. And then the next big scene we see is him dancing in a ruin. On a planet. Grab, a, on a, a planet. Wasteland planet. Grabbing a weird rodent out of the air and using it as a microphone. It's, I was sold. Brilliant. I was so sold <laughs> on this film. I was like, I don't care. I'm done. I'm sitting here watching this, not paying attention to anyone else. I am watching I laughed my ass off. Uh, I was wowed by the special effects and the action. 
pressed at the end, even though I knew what happened, I knew what Groot could do. It still got me. Yeah. And then you it, know, wasn't, the bit when, it wasn't so much that I felt for Groot, I felt for Rocket. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the bit when he got, and when he finally opened the present, and I was just like, ah. Oh. Yes. See, the present, I, I knew exactly what that present was throughout yeah. the movie. It was just such a wonderful payoff. Because yeah. why else would it be Awesome Mix Volume 1? Yes, indeed. And then we got Baby, we got Dancing Group from that. Which was such a bonus. Oh my god. I, it's just I was not expecting that scene, but it's so good. This tracks when that happened. I was like, oh my <laughs> god, that's amazing. And then we got the stinger. Yes. And I, like I said, I was, what the actual fuck? I just couldn't. I watched it. People were laughing at what was when he appeared on the screen. <laughs> so, you know, so obviously people who knew who he was were laughing, and others were like, "What the fuck is a duck?" And then it got silent as it came up, saying, "You know, how the duck?" Da 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 da. And just something built up inside me. I just couldn't. <laughs> I just couldn't hold it in. And I just went. And it just came out. What the actual fuck? And the entire place erupted with laughter. Apparently, <laughs> a dad in the front row turned around and glared at me because apparently there were some kids in there. And I'm like, you're in a Marvel film, dude. I don't care. Yep. And it was of a rating where they were allowed one anyway. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my and God. And the movie didn't have one, so you provided the, the F-bomb. Did not have it in there? I don't think it did. I'm sure something was said in it, though, wasn't it? Hall was. A hole was in it, yeah. Uh, it was, they almost had an F-bomb. It was after the Infinity Stone explodes in the Collectors. Um, yes. it cuts to Gamora and Star-Lord and he goes, what the fuck? And there's an explosion. <laughs> oh yeah. It covers it. The dick joke. That oh, they got, got my, my dick, dick message. message. That was, it's so funny. But and that's like, what I'm saying about this film, just tiptoeing down the road of stereotype. Cause that is a moment of, you know, the heroic cavalry arrive. Yeah. And then you just, Prick that pomposity. Just go. Nope, nope. We're taking the piss. Remember with my dick message. It's to me. It's the exact same gag as in Firefly when Mal is fighting with uh, Nesca. Yeah. And uh, everyone's rushing forward to help, and so he's like, "Nope, this is something the captain has to do on his own." And Mal just goes, "No, no, it really isn't." <laughs> oh, okay then. And then they just all pile in. It's that yeah. joke. It's oh man. Oh what. What's the guy's name? The guy who became basically became his surrogate father. Oh, um, uh, yeah, no, uh, that's it. Just that Michael whole, Rooker. that's it. Yeah, the whole, even, sorry. the whole pretense for that film of with him when it comes to that dart that he keeps using when he's whistling. Yes, and uh, you know, you're led to believe that it's the, the way they react to it. It must be something serious, but it never gets used. And then that scene, and he's standing there <laughs> surrounded by all those, the necker of what's it. And he's whistling at commands like a fucking sheepdog. Yeah, and it's just like, holy shit! It took out a ship and everything! See, and Yondu this... was a weird one, because he's actually one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yes. Uh, and he was an archer, hence the arrow. Ah. Uh, but I love him as a ravager. I love the whole, when I first took you aboard, my boys wanted to eat you. They'd yeah. never eaten Terran before. You're alive because of me. I stopped them. And when that finally comes down to 20 years, you've been throwing that in my face. Ordinary people do not want to eat other people or have them be grateful that you didn't. <laughs> and Zoe pointed out there's this wonderful reaction going on from Gamora in the background because this is the first time she's seen Quill's home life. 
Yeah. And you just see it in her face of, oh, that's why you're like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, the blacklight bit. Ah, oh, the Jackson painting. That was amazing. <laughs> Again, that's something he wouldn't really know about. No. So much, but I suppose nothing's to stop him from looking on in Terran. Yeah, and this is, this is the confusion. So, you know, so the, they can get away with bits to it, I suppose. But, oh god, that, that bit is like, did they, did they actually, did they actually do that? Did they actually go with that joke? Oh my god, you guys, please keep this going, this is amazing. It's like, I, I'm not sure Rocket should know what a blacklight is either, but I'm glad that he knew enough to tell him he had issues. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was just, like I said, you know, so the Avengers, you know, Iron Man 3, 4, 2, Captain America, all great films in their own right, but they didn't have that, the epicness of the Avengers. Then this came along and just, this just blew everything out of the water. Just, just, it changed my opinion. Not that I had a bad opinion of the movies, but it's just like, no, I'm set. I'm happy with where they go. All I can see is that the guys behind Avengers 2 have got a lot to do. To, to beat this, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. The bar has been raised for Age of Ultron, guys. Yeah. You get your shit together because this was a hell of a fun film. Um, and oh, another awesome bit of trivia. Seeing as we mentioned Anamu a bit earlier, in the Japanese dub of Guardians, the voice mm-hmm. of Peter Quill is provided by the voice actor who plays Space Dandy. Yes, which is ingenious. It's a, it's a sort of that space dandy is like this in a smaller scale. Yeah, it, it's the best situation that they could have gone with. Yeah, is there anything we're missing? I think we've covered it's it's beautiful looking film. The cinematography amazing. Like apparently James Gunn knows what to do with millions and millions of dollars. Mm. The visual effects are stunning. The acting's great. The story's great. Slight minor issue with the the whole thing, and I think yeah. some of the characters were underplayed. Like Nebula, we didn't get to see a lot of her. I want to see more. Gamora, I don't think got built up enough as a character, and Ronan was underused. He could have been so much better yeah, I guess as a character. I guess to read Jack with that one, you know, he's gonna end up going down as one of the the most you know unused character that they could have done. He, Ronan will be remembered as the most forgettable of the Marvel yeah. villains. Malekith will not be remembered. No, that is true. So, at least if you're remembered as the most forgettable, at least you're remembered. Yeah. Uh, unless they do bring him back. Um, within 50 well, turns around, there's no reason he couldn't be brought back to life and uh, turned into Thanos' whipping boy. So what's that makes now? That's three gems? Three, yes. We've got the yeah. Tesseract, we've got the Ether, and now we've got the Power Stone. Because mm. it hasn't really got another name, has it? I, I suppose you could call it the Orb, but the Orb was the container. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, fuck, that is a thing as well with the Collector and his slave girl, I suppose, as he's way to put it. Yeah, it was dark. That was, that yeah. was dark as shit, especially when the character's name the is one. the name the name of his daughter in the comics. <laughs> Is it? Yes. I didn't know that. It's really, really dark. Oh, oh! Speaking of just random fucked up shit, uh, the broker. I really enjoyed his performance. 
the oh, the, the Weasley pointy eyebrowed dude who brokers deals between well ne'er do wells and high up figures like the collector. Uh, I, and I am going to keep speaking whilst I wait for Irish to come back. Anyway, Sorry. no problem. Um, the broker was played by for fans of some seventies British sitcom. Uh, played by the guy who played Moxie in Alfie Saint Pet. No. Yes. Yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, wow. I I remember you. <laughs> this is a very wow. very different role. That's amazing. And yes, yeah, Benicio del Toro as the collector doing, uh, as he described it, Liberace in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was another thing that, that came up from Rockstar thing. Discussions about it was right. So we had we got we had Thanos after it, and we had Ronan after it. Yes. Who was the broker buying it for? Um, Who was the third party? That's a really interesting question. The biggest theory that we've uh, that well, the theory amongst my lot that I've spoken to about it is that it could be for um, the Red Skull. See, I think he was just buying it for the collector. I think the collector was trying everything to get hold of it. That makes sense. But you know, the whole thing is that you know the skull in Captain America gets shot off into space. Yes. So, and you know, we don't know what's happened to him. Whether he's alive, dead, frozen, you know, whatever. It could so have been Peter's real father as well. Could have been. I mean, another theory is that we were going to see, possibly, see the skull in the collector's collection or in the prison. There was lots of ref- lots of people thought that he was going to appear this in some way. Hmm. A lot of people like, thought a lot of people were going to appear in this one who sadly didn't. Uh, Captain Nathan Marvel Fillion, was the one I though. wanted. Oh, Nathan Fillion was beautiful. Um, as the big blue alien. As the, the big blue alien. And my favourite thing about that is he insisted he be a voice-only cameo, that his face not appear on screen. Ah, so I knew he was going to be... I heard he was going to be a cameo. I didn't know that he actually specifically said voice-only. Yeah, this only came out afterwards, so it wouldn't ah. spoil what he was going to be. Oh, I but see. His, his reasoning is the best reasoning. That? He doesn't want his face to be on screen and wasted as a cameo. He's still holding out for a proper role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> That's brilliant, because, yeah, I could see him being in it. Like, I, I don't want to blow my chance of actually being a character in the MCU, oh, but I do want to be? be in your film. Who could he be? I don't know, but I I want him to be something because what a good idea! I don't know why he's not not a Marvel character, but for some reason Booster Gold just jumped into my head. Booster Gold, <laughs> that would be can fantastic. Imagine, can you imagine Nathan Fillion as Booster Gold? That would I'll be tell you what, I can hilarious. imagine him as as um, Steve Rogers to Wonder Woman uh, in Gal Gadot's movie. If we're going to talk about DC casting, oh yeah, Richard Ryder Nova. That would yeah, been, that's that's a great say, way to bring him in. I was going to say Nova, but I don't know if he'd be quite right for it. But yeah, that could work. So yeah, I, I was really hoping, now that they've got the Cosmic Universe going, I'm really hoping for a Captain Marvel movie with Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Yeah. With Katie Sackhoff playing Carol Danvers, because she's perfect <laughs> for the role. And I was kind well, of had, hoping that that would Creed. be teased. We've, we've had, had the Creed. The Creed's so been does, announced. So we can actually... Obviously, we can't use the scrolls. Yet. Well, the Chitari are the Skrulls. It's just another name for the Skrulls. But they don't have the rights to the Skrull name, because that's with the Fantastic Four licensing. But the Chitari is a name that the Skrulls are referred to by in the Ultimates universe. They are a Guardian's villain, aren't they? Yeah. 
So, um, and but the thing is, for for Carol Danvers, I've got the perfect origin story. It, it doesn't have <laughs> to be the Cree. It's we know an alien device hit her and gave her the cosmic powers. So, bunch of aliens invade New York. Fighter jets are sent in and crash. She's a pilot. Yep. There you go. We've got the origin story. She was born as Captain Marvel in the Battle of New York. And it comes out of Avengers. It ties the whole thing together. So I'm still holding out hope for that. But we did get to see Cosmo the dog. Yes. Well, a few people were complaining. Well, yeah, a select few were complaining about the fact that you know he didn't have any voice lines in it. No, that would have been better. But eh, one step at a time. Maybe they didn't yeah. want to uh, let on that it was Cosmo too soon. Um, maybe he'll be back for the sequel. And you know, he was tied, he was added into the the stinger with Howard. So yes, exactly. So he was have, kind of one a... talking animal. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm, well, because, I'm happy well, to they... see where they're going with with everything now, especially with you know all the very strong rumors that we're going to see uh, Doctor Strange and Black Panther this phase. Cool. So I heard we were getting Doctor Strange. And I heard that Black Panther was a possibility. Uh, they've started, there There are casting rumours, pretty strong sounding casting rumours, so I think Black yeah. Panther's a lock at this point. I'm, who got? Ah, who was it? Um, I cannot remember, <laughs> I read the story the other day. Is it Idris Elba? No, sadly not. Because oh. he's Heimdall. Uh, well, I suppose. Still. Uh, is it the Old Spice guy? It's Chadwick Boseman, uh, who is uh, James Brown in Get On Up, uh, the biopic that's doing the rounds at the moment. Oh, cool. oh I want Terry Crews to be Black Panther. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Power! Bam! <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch apparently is rumoured with Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, he's rumoured, but if they actually cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, I will go and set fire to Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> He's not a good actor. Some um, people like him, but he's not a good actor. He did a dragon fairly well, apparently. So, but um, yes, it's funny when when you completely digitally alter the voice, uh, <laughs> and he's not on screen at any point. Uh, that's apparently a tolerable performance. Ah, oh, who would you? Who, so who they got down for Doctor Strange then? I've heard a few rumors here and there, but for the Doctor himself. Uh, let's see what have they announced. Or what has been strongly rumoured. Uh, no, no, Kirby, no Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Why not? That sounds great. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is Doctor Strange. Um, no strong rumours by the look of things. Uh, we've got... There's just a whole list of wild-ass rumours right now. So Joaquin Phoenix has apparently confirmed as having talked to Marvel about it. Huh. That could be interesting. So intrigued who would fit the facial features... Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been considered. Ooh! Ooh, that'd be a good one. He was also considered for Star-Lord. That would have been, been a very different film, but yeah, yeah would have been good. David Tennant was considered to voice Rocket as well. Because Rocket has been known to be Scottish as well. Some of the animated Well, things. British and dialectic. Yes. So true. he's been just about everything you can imagine. Apart yeah. from, uh, ironically enough, Scouse. Which no. <laughs> is funny, because his name is a riff on a Beatles uh, song title. Yeah, it is. But, oh. Oh, gosh. Which movie, which movie could we put Christopher Walken in as a villain? <laughs> Any of them. I've been, I've been on a massive thing with him lately. 
Just, I, just, <laughs> I just keep thinking about what what can I put him in. So you would be up for the Walking Dead then, the uh, the <laughs> horror film in which an entire town just turns into Christopher Walken overnight. Yeah, I've heard about this. Let me tell you guys that that sounds amazing. First, <laughs> yeah, um, yes, he was in Batman Returns. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> The one thing I've decided better. that needs to happen, by the way, yes, is a crossover universe in which we see a deal between two characters who have very similar motivations in terms of uh, wheeling and dealing for precious artifacts that are slightly questionable in, in power and origin. I want to see the crossover movie in which the Collector buys kaiju remains from Ron Perlman's character in Pacific Rim. I've still not seen Pacific Rim. Ah, you need to. I know. You also I need do to need understand to. that Ron Perlman's shoes have golden armor. It's well, <laughs> you're right. I didn't know he was in it. I need to see this film. It's a Guillermo del Toro man. movie. Of course, Ron Perlman's in it. I love that man. So does Guillermo del Toro in an unhealthy way. Did you speak of uh, del Toro? Have you seen uh, the demo for Silent Hill? That no, because hit... I've got no interest in Silent Hill. That is true. That uh, him and Kojima did. It's like, wow. I'm aware of it. I've seen some stills from it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, anything more yeah. to add? I'm not sure. Just, there's so much that happens in this film that it's just... You know, we could spend forever analysing every single bit of the film. And just quoting every line. Yeah. It's one of those films. It's so quotable. but. I know we, we we touched on it a little bit, but the soundtrack. Yes. The soundtrack for this film is utterly glorious. It's currently number one in the charts in America. As it should be. Yeah. I mean, even even the uh, proper or, uh, orchestra pieces in it were great. You know, there's... But any of the time that the awesome soundtrack appears is just... I mean, like the bit when he goes to get these, uh, get the Walkman back from the prison guard. Yep. We got hooked on a feeling, which is that moment. Yeah. Ooh, child. Uh, want you back? Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Oh, cherry bomb cherry for me. Bomb. Right. As much as I like the trailer, the hooked on a feeling trailer, it was the cherry bomb trailer that really sold me on the soundtrack. <laughs> I, I love that song. I love that moment in the film as well. It's the, uh, it's again, the stereotype heroic action movie of the suiting up and walking out, but you've got Kamara just yawning in slow-mo as Rocket adjusts his crotch. I was like, this yeah. is how you do it. This is beautiful. It was just that, again, just that little bit in the, in the movie made everyone laugh in our yep. It's genius. It's just, what? That is true. That's how much this film is amazing. It got British audiences to react like an American audience. Yes. I went to see this film at the BFI IMAX, uh, which is the, the big IMAX in London. And it was an audience full of Brits laughing hysterically. I, it was such um, a tribe reaction, that thing when you're all just hitting the same beats in the film at the same time and just completely leaving your... Uh, uh, you know, inhibitions behind. Because yes. it's just that damn good. We had hooting and a holler and all sorts. It was great. You know, in in, in most situations, you know, the British are quite reserved and you know, we'll, we'll laugh and we need to laugh and all sort of thing. But this was a, 
a, almost a continuous roar was happening throughout the film when it yeah, wasn't just, a just sort of swelling and subsiding depending on how funny the precise moment is. Yeah, the clapping. Yeah, there was clapping uh, in the cinema when I went to see it as well. Now that's what you don't see often. Yeah. Oh, that was another bit that made me absolutely crack up in the film was uh, in the prison when Rocket's describing what they need for the uh, the, the device and Groot in the see, background. Yeah. Just Groot in the background doing it. It's just that like, was so well done because they play like, with the, the comedy tension. It's like the moment in a horror movie when you're waiting for something to happen, but with a joke. The, the, the best thing about it is just Drax is just standing there watching it happen. Yes. <laughs> it's like, just, just standing there going, just watching Groot do his thing while then turning towards the others. And not a word is said. No. And it's like, and it's just Rocket's going, it should be the last thing to get. And then, it's like, Oh, Again, timing. <laughs> he means well. And that's my favorite thing about Groot, is that in the movie, he seems really simplistic and stuff. He is a bona fide scientist. Oh, yeah, he is, he's a genius. He's a legitimate rocket scientist intelligence. He is so clever. He's also royalty. Yeah, and he's possibly the last of his species as well. And possibly one of the oldest species in the galaxy. And the reason he can only say those words, those three words, four words, technically, is because his species, as they get older, their larynxes harden because they're made of wood. Mm. So it makes it much harder to speak. When they're younger and they're still a bit more sapling and softer, they can have well, a it's bigger, also, That's not how they're communicating. He's communicating with subharmonic vibrations, which is actually the, where his dialogue comes in. Yeah. Uh, that's only his vocalization on our wavelength. And this is the really interesting bit about that. He's speaking with those harmonic vibrations at a register that we can't hear. Rocket can. His hearing is much better than ours. That's why he understands. Which is a plot hole, because, as was pointed out in the chat room earlier, Quill has a universal translator device. Now, just because we can't hear in our ears what Groot is saying doesn't mean the microphone on that wouldn't pick it up. Well, by towards towards the end of the film, it seemed like he was getting a better grasp of it, though. Oh, I don't think he did. I don't think at any point did Quill understand a word Groot said. <laughs> I think he just got better at picking up the context. Yeah. Because he's still taking the piss out of it right at the end with, how did you learn to do that? I'm pretty sure the answer is, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's just... Yeah, I could, you know, we could, we could keep going on going, just fanboying over this yes. film. And the fact that it has such subtle humour exactly. when... Uh, when Quill puts the headphones on Gamora and she does the thing that everyone does the first time they wear headphones and speaks far too loudly. Yeah. There's that, and Steven sort of tries to back away a bit, mm. not knowing what, what it is. Yes. There's just... Uh, I can't believe the cost of one of those now. I know! Oh, that's really annoying. Yes, I... Wow. I was moved by this film so much that I am planning a Star-Lord cosplay, possibly for Amicon, the uh, con we were pitching at the beginning of the show. Uh, and I wanted an authentic Walkman, because that is the original soundabout uh, name change to Walkman. It is the TPS-L2, which, because it's in Guardians of the Galaxy, if you want to buy a working one, they're now like 150 quid. Yep. Oh, I'm so angry. I'm not surprised when it's in the slightest. No, nor am I. And the eBay listings are all now TPS L2 as seen in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, oh, oh of fuck you. <laughs> you should try going on pre-loved or something like that. See what's on there. Or Gun Crew, yeah. 
Kirby's got one. Damn you, Kirby. How much do you want for it? <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it, I am considering doing Groot, yes. A rocket. Yeah, a little rocket costume for Eevee. Which is a great idea. I love that. <laughs> but it's another thing I loved about Groot, about Vin Diesel, the fact that even at the premiere, you know, he was on on the stilts wearing the t-shirt saying, I am Groot. Yeah, it's, it's like what I was saying when he was first learning the stilt walking. It's like, Vin Diesel does not need an easier way to loom on people. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say. I'm Groot. We are Groot. And this is a world on stage one? <laughs> we are Groot. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Where the fuck's the off button? <laughs>